Welcome back to the Scribes Journal. I am your host, the Scribe of Worlds, and I am joined by none other than the the Violet Author. Sorry, I'm a Discord moderator, and some idiot is not abiding to the very clear rules. So I'm dueling. I'm dual tasking, but I'm here. Hi, I'm here. Sorry. Oh, I am here. I am here. Are we really though? It is a day. Um, I mean. I've witnessed enough glitches in this system to fully subscribe to the theory that our world is a simulation. You know, I wouldn't doubt it. And I don't know how to tie simulation into our concept for this week, uh, but if I could, I would. So, rough rough patch segue over here. So, we are going to jump back into our idea from last week. Our first story idea of the year, which is so big that we had to take two episodes to do it. And yeah, so last week we came up with some background for this story, which we still haven't titled yet. Ah, and that is rare for us because normally we are on that ball. Yeah, it, it probably will come up at some point during today, but we'll see. So basically the concept that we started with was a year that didn't end. And we went from there into creating this system where Father Time oversees the year and his younger siblings kind of oversee different parts of the year. And so Janus is the god of beginnings. Uh, so he oversees the uh, January and February. Mars is the god of like war and pushing stuff forward. So he oversees March and April. Maya and Juno, who are twin goddesses, or I don't know if they're technically goddesses in this, but they're twin sisters, are plant growth and marriage and and love. And so we kind of took that idea and did, they are the growing season of May through August. So that's growth, relationships, connection, kind of all those summary feelings. And then we're kind of left uh, at, a, at a gap. And so this year who begins running his year in January and is supposed to run it all the way through the end of the year is only supposed to have to kind of run it solo from November and December, but with no one in this time called the decrease, which is from September to October, they have to run the entire last four months of the year by themselves. Because of that, there's a whole bunch of burnout and the years don't stick around. Uh, they just kind of like quietly retire to the mortal realm. And anyway, the the concept we came up with is that there is a new year about to start, ready to gung-ho, start his training with Janice, when all of a sudden Janice doesn't show up, and he has now been tasked by Father Time to go out and search and find Janice wherever he might be. I probably did a horrible job explaining that, so if you didn't, if you don't understand any of that, go back and listen to the other episode. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, if you want the true story of the New Year's story that we've begun to weave, you're going to want to go back and figure it out yourself because we explained it there very well. Well, more towards the end of the episode. I actually listened to yes. that one uh, today and had a lot of fun, but we did we did a lot of ping-ponging. We ping-ponged around yes. that entire episode, which I had a yeah, great time with. Yeah, and sometimes, sometimes you just need a, a free, uh, no restrictions brainstorm session. So that was yep. a lot of fun. Okay, so we have our characters, we have most of our setting, we have our world, I should say. We don't have our setting, we have our world. Right. Do you want to explain how we're going to kind of flesh out our setting for this a little bit more? 
Yeah, I mean, we have a, a couple different things to do. But the first thing that we need to do right now is figure out when we are setting this story, which seems like a silly question because we are working with time itself uh, as our person. So the way that we're going to do that is through this random year generator that I have found on the fantastic internet that is now showing me oh so many ads. I really hope that this thing doesn't give me, like, crap on my laptop. But I've set the options from the year 1000, just just 1000, to 2050. So Oh, okay. So I've given a lot of options here, and that includes, you know, obviously, the future. Because who knows? So what I'm thinking is, what if I rolled three times and we picked from there? I like that. I think, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Perfect. All right. So starting off with our first roll, generate. Ooh, 1905. Interesting. And the next one is, hold on, I think it's broken. Try that again. All right. 1332 or 2046. Oh, that's coming up. Why would you say that? Why you know what's you really speak? funny? What? You know what's really, really funny? I, I set is gonna be funny no it really is it really is my okay. first nanorimo book which was about the world getting hit with a toxin that shrunk everyone and killed most of the adults because what's a good teenage dystopia without all the adults being dead uh was set in 2046 i don't know why but it was hysterical so because of that i feel like we can't do 2046 all right i'll take that especially since we were talking about doing an episode on that in the future yes so so we'll hold off on 2042 2046 it's not 2046 is not an option so that leaves us with 1905 and 1332 i don't know much about 1332 if i'm gonna be for so so for real with you 1332 year 1332 oh there's really only two. The emperor of Ethiopia began his campaigns in the southern Muslim provinces and the Battle of Duplin Moor, Scottish dynastic battle. Do you know what also happened in 1332 BC? Oh, what? King Tut became pharaoh of Egypt. I don't really know. I don't really care to do anything okay. with that. I'm just, I'm just saying that, you know. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like right. 1332 is one of the most boring years of ever. So I assume we're doing 1905. But in 1905, can you give us a little deep dive and see if anything interesting specifically stick out for us in 1905? Sure. Uh, 1905 was actually a fairly active year. It is the second year of the massive Russo-Japanese War. That leads to the Russian Revolution against Nicholas II of Russia. Let's see what else. Canada and the U.S. expand west. 1905 is the year in which Albert Einstein publishes his four Annus Mirabilis papers in Annalen der Physik. And that lays the foundation for more than a century's study of theoretical physics. Nice, nice. We have the discovery of the sixth moon of Jupiter. Let's see. Is he one of our... He is not. Jupiter is not mentioned, no. So, I don't know if we mentioned this. Our main character, Chad, that's his nickname. And we gave him a last name, Sabius, but we never gave him a first name. This is true. How do we feel about Chad's first name being Jupiter? As a nod to one of the great years of way back when? Yeah, or... and as a nod to, like, this is the year that, like, his year, it's his year. Sure. 
I can get behind that. My my one question is, we stated that Mars oversaw the months of March and April because he was the god of war and he won that spot because he won a great war. Do you remember last episode which war we said that he had been in charge of? Well, we had said World War One and World War Two, which wouldn't make sense. 1905. I don't know history. That's a... Uh, that's my partner's thing. He knows all the history things. But uh, if you look that, up major wars of the 1800s, that that might give us some ideas. The, literally the War of 1812. Is that it? Really? The War of 1812? I, that's just, it's one of five. There's the Mexican-American War. There's the Spanish-American War. What's I, up with us? <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. What if Mars instigated a whole bunch of rebellions against Britain? Because Britain was like the biggest colonial empire, right? Controlled everywhere. Yeah. And because of Mars prompting during like the American Revolution and then all the the uh, following revolutions against Britain, he's like the master of war because he took down an empire, not just by pure conquest. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of spitballing here. But it was a bet from Janice. Janice was like one New Year's Eve. I bet you can't take down Britain. And he was like, touch me. And then he did. <laughs> that was his New Year's resolution one year. Take down Britain. I love it. I love it. Okay, so 1905, we are looking at, you know, just before World War One. We have Theodore Roosevelt as president in the United States. I don't see who is the king or queen in Britain. Obviously, Albert Einstein is just starting work. Let's see. The big Russian revolution. In Europe. I'm scrolling through all of the leaders. Ireland is still a free state. RIP Ireland. The United Kingdom is, at this point, under King Edward the 567. King Edward the 7th. He was the king of the United Kingdom, British domains, and emperor of India from 1901 to 19. 10. Interesting. So Okay, so so we have the year and we can kind of come back to that. Though one thing I am realizing about this is this story is set during like January, right? Because we can't let the right. whole year go by. I mean, maybe we could, but so it would really be we'd really be looking at like events of 1904 to see what's happening just before this. Point. That's a good point. Okay, I think what we have to do is you know, it's also really interesting, which makes sense, but 1904 was a leap year, just like this year. Hey, that's that's kind of yeah. Except 1904 isn't the year we're using. But anyway, okay. Doesn't look like there are any super big events. But apparently, in September, the New Zealand dolphin Polaris Jack is individually protected by the Order in Council under the Sea Fisheries Act. Mm. <laughs> oh no way! What? No way! December 31st, in New York City, the first New Year's Eve celebration is held in Times Square. I think we know where Janice went. That's going to be the first place they look, yeah. It's going to be the first place they look. Holy I'm cow. Like, it's perfect. That's insane. That's absolutely insane. Okay, so I I think what we what we should do before we dive into like, or to help us flesh out the plot, is figure out character motivations. Because I think in order to find Janice, we need to figure out why Janice left. Oh, that's true. Because we have we have the motivations of our first or our main characters. Right. One wants to retire. That would be Angel or Tertius Angelus. 
got Chad, aka Jupiter Sabius, who chose his own nickname. And he says that he wants to be the best new year this world has ever seen. Uh, and wants his own spot overseeing month. So we know that. But Janice, yes. <laughs> why would Janice run away in 1905? I don't know why exactly 1905. I've kind of been playing this over in my head. And the idea of Janice being a two-faced god has come up a couple times. Like, has keep, kept popping up in my brain. And I'm wondering if it's something... Like god Uh, Maybe not quite that much. But like, you know the theater masks? Like happy sad yeah what if it's something like that like janice always has to have this happy smiling face on for new year's day and he just needed it to be sad for a little bit and that's why he didn't show up hmm. so janice that's... is depressed because that's very relatable right especially during january yeah or or the other thing we do is he went to new york city to celebrate new york new year's with you know the biggest crowd ever and he's depressed, he and he's looking to get that spark back for this new year. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So here's a question. Obviously, we've got the God of War in here. With the First World War coming up, did the First World War start in 1905? No, uh, the First World War, I mean, obviously, like, things are definitely leading up to it. If you're thinking about, like, Russia, the big Russian Revolution happened in 1905. But World War One didn't really start until the mid-12s i want to say yeah 1914 and it's not until like 1912 when things really start heating up so we're still about a decade okay, out because I, I was thinking that part of janice's depression might be the knowledge of what is going to come like somehow he mm. got a little sneak peek at what mars was planning realized what this was meaning and was just kind of like i need to go be around joy because there's not going to be a lot of that for a while interesting interesting i can get behind that I think to kind of build off of that, like, maybe Janice also, all he does is start the year, whereas Mars, maybe, it's almost like Janice is the oldest brother, it, besides for father time, but is like the next in line. And so he's always kind of just been like, yep, I'm the first one, but Mars actually earned his position, you know, mm -hmm. through terrible bloodshed, but like Mars did earn it, and Maya and Juno earned their positions, and... Now he's just like, have I ever earned my position? You know, and then you have Mars, who I think probably is trying to start this war to kind of show like, look, I still deserve this position. And so there's a hint of insecurity behind Mars's cockiness. I think Mars is going to come across as really cocky when we write him, if we end up writing him. I mean, the new Percy Jackson TV show is out right now. So Ares, the god of war is what's on my mind. So that's absolutely what I was thinking. That's fair. Okay, so let's see. So we have some character motivations. Janice probably through like father time like in question father time and mars and maya and juno and whatnot the years so angel and chad find out that like he was going through it and i don't know how they figure out that they went that he went to new year the new year's eve celebration but they end up going there and that's kind of the starting point we don't have character motivations for maya and juno yeah i don't think they're gonna play the biggest part in this just because we don't have that much space, but also because it feels like this is a bit of Janice's show right now. Yeah. Maybe Maya and Juno know about it. Maybe they know about the party. They were like, we were going to go pregame at New Year's Times Square, but Janice didn't show up, so now we got to stay here. But 
supposed to be the biggest party of the of the uh, like the century. Maybe, or maybe they did go, and they like went briefly, made made the appearance, like looked and you know celebrated, and saw Janice there, and that's how they know. Okay, my only concern is if they saw Janice there, then there wouldn't even be like they would just go get him. I see your point. I see your point. Okay, so yeah, Maya and Juno, maybe they heard rumors that he was gonna be there. Or maybe they did try to go and look for him, but there were just so many people they couldn't find anyone. So does this happen on like January 1st or does this happen on like January 2nd? January can't start until we find him. So this is happening on December 31st, hour 25 of 24 hours in a day. Right, great. So the sun has stood still. We are on a time crunch. And I think Father Time... Okay, so let's just jump to our opening. The clock has hit 12 in New York. The ball has dropped. Everyone's cheering. And I don't know if they dropped the the ball. ball, I don't don't think the ball can drop until that timer hits zero. I think that it hit three, two, one, negative one, negative two. And everyone thinks that it's like a fluke or a joke. Right. It's like, this is very much a nothing can start until they find him, which feeds into the urgency of this. Like, we have to find him. We have to find him right now because we're screwing everything up. Well, but what's what's the side effect? Like, what's the thing that's going to happen if they don't find him? Besides that, this year just doesn't end. Like, do is time going to slow down? Is there going to be some kind of like, what's the what's the threat? Seasons will become unbalanced. The longer that winter remains, spring and summer cannot continue as they're supposed to be mars is probably already freaking out about the backlog that this is going to cause in his shop (laughs) maya and juno are losing it because college party season is going to end cold and that's not how it's supposed to be yeah i that's what i'm feeling is just the urgency of they're they're stuck and that's not supposed to happen and they don't know what will happen if that begins do we think father time has seen this before for sure. He's like Mr. Whitaker from Avengers and Odyssey, like a little bit too chill about everything because he has seen it all. And he's like, I'm going to give you the chance to figure it out yourselves. He's like the like the Gandalf, the, sure, just sure. like every, every overly knowledgeable old man that could probably solve the entire book series by just talking a little bit more. <laughs> just a little more. Just give us like this much more information and we'll be set. Okay, so I think... I have a couple I have a couple things on that, but I'm gonna wait until we get to the until we get to the end to throw them at you. But what if what if Father Time, like big party, everything's going crazy, and all of a sudden it begins saying like negative one, negative two, negative three. Father Time wasn't there because he's seen so many like he comes out for maybe the turn of the century, but he doesn't really come to New Year's parties because he's seen so oh, many. He's been here since the dawn of time. Right, exactly. He's like, Janice will take care of it. Like, Janice throws the parties, you know, or I guess you should say, Maya and Juno throw the biggest parties, and Mars talks about politics, and, you know, like, he's just like, I don't need to be there. Of Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. It's their Thanksgiving. It starts counting down, and everyone starts freaking out. The old year, Angel, and the new year, Chad, are there, like, they've met for the first time. Chad's like, I'm so happy I finally get to hand this off. Like, I don't want anything to do with this. And Chad's like, I'm not going to be like that when this year's done. Like, just look at me. I'm ready to take this. You see those Mars, Maya, and Juno partying up there? I'm going to be up there next year. That's going to be my place. I'm going to be one of them. They're like the VIP lounge yeah, of, exactly. the, of the party hall. And there's only five of them because... <laughs> do, do the past years, like, come back? 
to also celebrate? Okay. I think that makes sense, too. Come a year, you get to spend the year parties with the old years, and like everyone kind of judges yeah. you at the end, but then you get to judge everyone else's year at the end with everyone else after it's over. Right, exactly, exactly. So Angel's kind of feeling like down and out. He's just like, I'm sick of this. I'm done. I'm ready to just throw in the towel. Like, and then it hits negative one, and he's like, Why do I still have this year? Like, he can feel the weight of the year still on him. So what happens? I think what is the is it is it like a brand that like Mark of Cain supernatural style passes off to the next year? Is it like and like something that can't be taken off physically? Like what is the year? Yeah, I don't know. Uh maybe it should manifest itself like a backpack or something. In the olden days, maybe it was like a big a big bag. And think think the like, you know, the carpet cleaners, like you know, have the big heavy bags and they wander like down the streets. Sure. But my, so my, my, my thought though, is like, it becomes heavier as the year goes on, especially when the years are heavy years, the world wars would be especially heavy years. So at the end of that, like, what else do you want to do, but get that backpack off. And so he's ready to like, take this off. And he can't, I don't know. Does that sound interesting? Does that sound fun? I think that maybe there can be like a, a satchel that has some like, important tools in it that you pass on. I kind of liked the idea of it being like a physical, like, like the concept I have, and we don't have to take it. We can run with yours. Let me know if you don't like it. But it's like when you become the year, you get like the magic passes off and you get like cool tattoos across your chest and arms that like represent what your year is going to be. And as you go through Maui style from Moana, you like discover the stories behind these tattoos. And then when you hand them off to the next year, your tattoos dissolve off and go onto the arms of the next year and show what that travel will be. Interesting. I don't hate it. Uh, In fact, I actually like it. The only thing is I'm thinking, one, that would imply that all these years would look like uh, trades or cultures that tattoos are not seen as a negative. So, i.e. not white European. Which is fine because they don't have to. I mean, I'm down for that. I I love adding some POC content into my morbidly white life. Right. (laughs) I'm perlefant. It's painful. Uh, So that's one thought. The other is, do they want to keep, would they want to like keep those tattoos? Because they can remember like, like, oh, this was my year. Maybe like the moment, like part of the right, the ritual of passing the helm or passing the marks is you think really like you focus solely on one memory as you pass it on and you get to keep that memory maybe the other thought i'm thinking is that they are tattoos that are only visible to other years oh yeah yeah i didn't think that they were going to be i don't even think that the years are considered mortal past this point unless they choose to return like this is their first step to immortality because the concept of them being mortal and walking among the normal plane as a mortal would mean that they can they can die which would be like you just killed the year and not like the vibe of the year but like the literal year what do we do sure so i like i think i like the idea of like keeping one or two memories maybe so like the tattoo does like he reaches out they take each other's hands but the tattoos don't pass and yeah. oh that's great they do the roman handshake the the forearms yeah that's perfect i felt smart continuity continuity that's that. so good okay but anyway so it's it's counting down to the negatives the tattoos aren't passing 
Israel thinks he's doing it wrong. He's like, I'm, I'm focusing. I'm keeping this one memory and that's it. I'm not keeping any of the others. Why aren't they passing? And then all of a sudden, like in a puff of time, other time appears. It's one of those, like, I've seen this before. He's And he's like, where is Janice? And the whole room freezes, like, where is Janice? We haven't seen Janice. And he's like, however, however it happens, whether Sabius or Chad, whatever, whether Chad volunteers, he's, you know, he's probably like, I'll still find him. Me, me, me. I'll find Janice. I promise I'll find him. And Father Time's like, yeah, you're going to get killed out there. He's like, I need someone who understands the mortal realm and what he's walking into. And he, he like looks at Angel and Angel's just like, boss, please. Please, I've been on this circuit for too long. Can I just, I just, and he leans forward, Father Time leans forward and says, paid overtime. And he's like, I'm good. Yeah, let's do it. I've never been more excited about anything in my life. So you said the reason that Angel needs to be a companion to Chad is because Chad doesn't know the mortal realm. Where do the years come from? Maybe it's one of those things where they're like born from the hopes and dreams of people within the year. They are New Year's resolutions. In a way. Yeah, I think I think something like that. And so he's just kind of like a wide-eyed, late teens, early 20s kid who has no real understanding of of what the year or what the mortal world looks like and then i think i think after their year is done they get the choice of do you want to join the mortal world and live your life out as a human or do you want to take the step and you know become one of these like guides or anyway we can figure out the retirement and pension fund for years later i think we have to figure out one more thing before we keep going, and that is Father Time everyone's dad, or is he the older brother? He's not just a daddy. He's everyone's grandpa. He's like, he's not, he's not dad. He's grampy. He's, he's grandpa. Okay, okay. He's so, grandpa-licious. So, like, I think, like, in terms of generations, Juno, not Juno, uh, I mean, yes, Juno, but Janice, Mars, Juno, and Maya are all, like, the older generation. But Father Time was from before even then yeah so everyone kind of feels like brother sister but it's also like so many years separated that janice doesn't feel so much like my older brother as much as like you know an uncle or like that kind of a figure mm -hmm. yeah i like that father time is kind of a mysterious he's, grandfatherly you know you could say it he's what is he scrap he's he's an old grandfatherly figure yeah. i'm not i don't we have to get on with the plot we haven't we we set up we spent 45 minutes almost world building last time and we're like i don't even know how far in and we're still world building well it's fine so yeah so but i think my point with this is father time i think steps in and he's like i'm going to break the rules and i'm going to take on the year and he like reaches out and takes the tattoos and he's like i'll hold on to these for now back janice and you'll get them. And so Chad is like, I'm coming back for those tattoos. Like, come on, Angel. And Angel's like, here we go again. <laughs> okay. All right. So I think the next section starts off with the party's been very disrupted and everyone's kind of doing their thing. But uh, but before Grandpa leaves, he may gives them VIP passes to the big room upstairs and is like, maybe you should start with talking to the other years. They may have more information. So the first thing that they do is go upstairs to talk to Mars, Maya, and Juno. And, and I don't know who else. Wasn't there one more? No, because the decrease doesn't have one. Mm. 
Oh, yeah. So Mars, Maya, and Juno. This is the first time that we get to know Mars as this big, uptight, kind of a bully kind of personality. I think that he's kind of hinting right off the bat, like, I don't know, pretty soon, you guys shouldn't be talking this down to me. Like, kind of like already talking about how he's going to show everybody up, but hiding his cards. But, you know, keep it vague, some foreshadowing, but he definitely is like, he's ready. Uh, meanwhile, Maya and Juno are probably buzzed, probably a little tipsy. They've definitely been partying it up, as sisters do. But they do let Chad know that they pre-gamed the best party in the whole world right now, which is New York City. And would be it Maya or Juno, one of them is like, yeah, and like, we told Janice to meet us there, but like, maybe he decided to go a little later? Like, we don't know. Like, just drop a little bit about Janice knew about the party. And that can put them on the right track. So the boys head off to yeah, New so York. Like, yeah. yeah, so they, they get their first clue, kind of like the first MacGuffin, and that's New York City Times Square. Times Square. 1905. Let me see if I can find any picture of this. Times Square. So it's just so I can get a, a picture. The first ever. I can't believe this was literally a randomly generated year. How right. perfect is that? That's really, really pretty, actually. So the ball drop was not very high up. I see advertisements for cigarettes in giant billboards. I see so many bowler hats. So many, so many hats. Like, more hats than you could ever imagine. Interesting. All the women are still oppressed and forced into dresses. Here's Eve Ball. Ooh, what did they use for a ball? The original ball was five feet in diameter, just constructed from wood and iron, and illuminated with a hundred light bulbs. By contrast, the current ball is 12 feet, which is over doubled, uses 32,000 LED lamps. Wowie. But the original ball, pretty cute. Okay, so they arrive, they're looking around. I think Chad, again, he's kind of like wide-eyed, like a little bit of a, a little bit of an idiot, maybe. Aww. And but like a he's like, yeah, like a lovely like, little idiot. Yeah, lovely little idiot. And he's like... Maybe he was inside the the New Year's Eve ball and like maybe we can go check it and Angel's like, chill. <laughs> He's not in there. It's um, five. And feet. I think it's right. <laughs> How small do you think Janice is? So he sees something that I think tips him off to like either where Janice is gone or something that indicates that Janice was here but is no longer, or maybe something that implies that he was kidnapped. I don't know how to end this. I got really stuck after the intro, so I'm glad that you're doing this part because I'm super stuck right now. So here's my here's my thought for the ending. Like I said, Janice wanted to flip his face, right? He wanted to be sad for a little bit. And yeah. I think the way it should end is Janice becoming the overseer of the decrease because he understands grief. And then I, I, I want to do something with a lesson of, like, stepping back in and helping the younger generation. And so, like, maybe there's a, a council or, like, a group of older years who step up and say, we'll take over the start of the year. So Angel, I think that's where uh, I... Angel might be part of that. Maybe Angel is like, listen, I'm done doing this by myself, but if there are others that are willing to come alongside me the council of january perhaps or something like that or yeah the council of the council of january the council of janice the whatever what if what if through this angel starts to teach 
Chad, about what it means to be a year and what it means to carry the tough times and the good times. And by the end of it, Chad suddenly realizes like, no, I don't, I don't need Janice. You don't need to teach me. I've already had a teacher. I have a great teacher and he's standing right here. And Angel, who didn't even realize he was doing it, is like, oh, you're right. And, I, and, and then he's, he says, hold up a minute. This kid does know what he's doing. Like, he's learned. I've seen his instincts. He, he does know what he's doing. And yeah, he needs guidance. And he probably needs guidance from more than just me. But I think together we can do it. And so it's kind of a, a healing experience and a learning experience for everyone. Because the moment to, like, be able to be his weepy self... And the rest of everyone else realizes we have to step up in order to not keep burning our years out. Because every single year from like 1812 has ended the year burnt out and wants nothing to do. Like most of them want to just go and be mortal and die because having a final end is better. No, no but I, I see what you mean. So they unionize is what I'm hearing. They unionize the proper <laughs> health benefits. PTO. And Father Time is just watching in, in utter horror, like, oh no. Like, oh god, they're asking for a livable wage! It's like, I make them immortal, isn't that enough? Oh my god. What's next? What Bathroom breaks? Gosh, a lunch break? You don't really need to eat that much. 365 lunch breaks in a year? Do you know how much time that adds up to? Oh my gosh. Uh, okay, so I think I think that's where we end. The The only question is, how do we get where there? did Janice go? Right. Where did Janice go? We're just, we're missing a piece. Yeah. I think. What's going on in Russia? Russia had that whole, like, liberation thing. They're off doing their old thing. But, like, what was the damage done there? How's their socioeconomic level? Do we feel like it's a sad New Year's Eve for them? Would Janice go there knowing what's to come? Oh, maybe. I was thinking maybe he goes to a place, like, one of the last places where the duality of him is still respected and revered. The theater! The theater! That's not where I was thinking, but I don't hate it. I don't hate it. I was thinking maybe he goes, like, to the Colosseum in ancient Rome or something. Like, he he tries to go back home. But I think to get there, I think he stages a kidnapping. So it looks like he was kidnapped. And then they start following, like, they start following the clues. And maybe we don't have to do all of all the details of this because we, you know, we're, we're getting the general plot out. But they start following the clues and start following this sad-faced man around. And that's the big reveal when they realize that the sad-faced man isn't just a regular mortal man that's kidnapped a year. But it is Janice himself who has come back to ancient Rome or, you know, come back to the city of Rome to just try and figure out, remember who he was because he's been forced to be one side of his personality for so long. Yeah. Maybe um, when he finally reveals himself to them, in the Colosseum, they ask him where his happy mask is, and he shows them, and it's cracked. Like, he he used it for so long mm. and forced it for so long that it's been cracked. And he's like, I can't go on like this. I need to take time and stop forcing one aspect of myself over all the rest. So I finished that out. So do you want to oh, oh, write a... Do you want to write a scene to finish the night out? Or yeah, do you um, want to call it? Yeah, let's, let's write a scene. We can write a scene. We can write a short scene. I'm kind of in love with the beginning, not going to lie. I feel like that's where I have my best grasp, but I feel like you're kind of in love with the Coliseum. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Do you want to split it and one take 15 minutes or 10 minutes or whatever? I will write the beginning. Where's Janice? Chad was born in the wrong year. That's all I'm saying. Chad is the best millennial. Again, just one century too early. <laughs> 
we are going to take about 10 minutes or so uh, and write bookend scenes. Violet is going to write the scene at the beginning uh, with some of the characters that we see there. And I am going to write a scene at the end with Janice and Angel and uh, Chad. Uh, and then once we come back, we are going to do a brief recap, share both of our stories to each other and you, and close this out. So we are back, we've written, we are going to share with you now the recap of a story that we still don't have the name for. Or maybe yeah. something will come up. All right, our story starts at the New Year Year Party, where all of the past years come together to watch the passing of the mantle from one year to the next. The old year being Angel, a.k.a. 1904, and the new year being Bright-Eyed Chad, uh, 1905, who meet for the first time at this wonderful party, excited to hand off the new year so that Angel can go and accept his life as a mortal, while Chad can follow his dream of becoming one of the legendary monks a year that has completed their duties so well that they feel like they want to keep doing this over and over again as a month for the rest of time. As the countdown begins, the passing of the mental starts. The men go in for a Roman handshake to seal the deal and transfer the powerful mantle from one to another. But uh, something is wrong. The tattoos don't pass and Angel is still the year. Father Time appears and reveals that Janice, aka January, who was supposed to teach the new year all of his tricks and tips, is missing. Chad, so young and full of life and just itching to prove himself, immediately volunteers to go and find him so that the year can continue, as now the countdown on the New Year's Eve clock has begun to start going backwards. Negative one, negative two. Uh, but... Father Time is not so certain if Chad is ready for such a daring endeavor, considering Chad is only a few days old and newly made of hopes and dreams. So he volunteers the previous year, Angel, to watch over Chad as the two of them work together to try and find Janice. After a promise of overtime, Angel begrudgingly agrees, and the two of them depart to try and find Janice. They begin their search by going upstairs to the VIP lounge, where they talk to Mars, Maya, and Juno. Along with Janice, each of these controls a part of the year. Mars controls what's called forward, where spring begins, and the time itself marches on. Likewise, Maya and Juno team up to control what's known as the growth and connection season, all about the season of prosperity, relationships. As they interact, they realize that Mars is pretty much a, a bully and is looking for a fight. In fact, he hints about a major war that might be coming up soon and how he's going to be big stuff in just a little bit. Meanwhile, twins are a little bit out of it, having pre-gamed at the New York Times Square New Year's Eve party before coming to the New Year's Year New Year's Eve party. That was way too confusing, and I'm not going to try and say it again. You know what I meant. At any rate, they mentioned that they had made plans to meet up with Janice at Times Square, uh, as this is the first time New Year's Eve has ever been held in Times Square, but Janice didn't show up. While confused, they opted to come back to the New Year's Eve New Year's party and suggest that perhaps the two boys start their search in New York City. 
The boys arrive at the first ever New Year's Eve party in Times Square to utter chaos. Everyone is confused. Why is the clock counting down backwards? Why has the ball not fallen yet? Chad is a little bit shocked at all of the humanness as this is his first time visiting Earth, and they are all forced to blend in, of course, by wearing bowler hats and long trench coats. Chad suggests that Janice might be in the ball uh, in an attempt to get get Angel to agree to move closer to the ball so that he can observe it for himself, but Angel is not disillusioned. His eye has been caught by a very sad man sitting on a rooftop nearby. He has a set of glowing tattoos on his arm, the sign of a previous year, but Angel can't figure out why a year would be here instead of at the party. Intrigued and a bit concerned, Angel follows the man until he disappears behind a corner, leaving behind a clue. Angel uh, reveals that he believes that this man has kidnapped Janice, and Chad goes along with it, and the two of them follow this clue to the next location. So this begins a series of clues and uh, hopping and travel and montage and all of that that we don't have time for. And so instead, we're going to jump ahead to the final clue, which brings them to the Colosseum in the city of Rome. There, they find the sad-faced man waiting for them. After confronting him, the man reveals himself to be Janus, wearing the second of his faces, one that they hadn't seen in so long, it's become unrecognizable. Janus has come back here, his former home, to find refuge, silence, and to at last be sad. After all of these years of straining, of being the beginning year of merriment and festivity, his happy mask has cracked, and he needs to give it a rest. I wish we could give it, can we? Can this be the name of the episode? Janice takes fluoxetine. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's funny. Janice returns with Chad and Angel to the party, where Father Time is glad to see them, but concerned about his grandson and his state of being. While Father Time doesn't want to just let Janice go, he and Janice come to an agreement. Janice will take some time away from being the head of January and February, and instead take over the decrease, the few months that represent the end and loss, a role that has been vacant for some time now. Janice agrees, but this leaves Father Time with a bit of a problem. There's no one to oversee January. And there's no one to teach Chad the new tricks and tips of being a year. As this is mentioned, Chad speaks up and says that he already has a pretty good idea of what he's going to be doing. Angel is a great teacher, and this entire time has been teaching him all about what it means to be a true year. Angel realizes that this is true. He guess he has been doing that. He just hadn't really thought about it. But he says that he can't agree to be January the month alone. He's too tired and old, and it's too big of a burden for one year to bear. Father Time realizes that his years are stronger together than separate. He asks for the past years to come together to form the Council of Janus, a group that will take over January and February together. Yes, they're unionizing. Marriage leave, PTO, lunch breaks for all. Not paid, but it's a start. Happy about this new development, Chad is able to walk back onto the stage with Angel and pass off the mantle becoming 1905 and walking into whatever the heck is going to happen next. Nice. I think that deserves a round of applause. Well done, us. Well done. <laughs> Once these notes are published on Scribe's website, Scribe of Worlds, you guys will understand why that was a feat and a half, because our notes were nowhere near as detailed as the story that we just told. 
No, but that was good. I mean, on again, so many times, and this is one of them. Like, I would love to get lost in this world. Like, coming back and doing a sequel, and if we ever do a sequel series where we go back and write sequels for uh, stories that we've come up with, this is one that I would love to do a sequel for. Yeah. It. Yeah. I love it. I love it a lot. All so right. So we wrote some scenes. Do you want to share your scene? Yeah, as mine is uh, during the first section, the beginning. I think that I can go first and then Scribe can go off with the second one. Well, before we jump into our stories, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We don't normally do two-parters. And honestly, I like really liked doing that. I mean, we won't do it for all of them, but giving ourselves the chance to breathe and to think and to formulate between episodes and not trying to cram everything in, it was really refreshing. And I would like to revisit this this method of doing things uh, in another episode. Uh, yeah, I, I really think that, I mean, it's it's mostly going to be dependent on, like, how, how far do we get in world building before our time kind of starts <laughs> to, to dwindle. Yeah. But yeah, I really hope you guys, you know, like this one, and I'm glad you stuck around to listen to both parts. Or if you're just listening to this part, thanks for coming in, and hopefully you weren't too confused. If you are, go back and visit the other world building session. You'll figure it out pretty quick, I'm sure. If you like this episode, you can go back and listen to all of our stuff from 2023. And if you liked our general content, check us out over on Instagram at Scribe of Worlds for myself and at the Violet Author and the official podcast Instagram handle, which is Scribe's Journal Pod. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and give all of those follows because, you know, it really helps when we have people following and engaging and uh, checking us out. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and even though this was more of a spur-of-the-moment pantser episode, if you will, we do love when our audience sends us in ideas for future episodes. So at any of those Twitter handles, feel free to comment on any of our posts, be it names, story concepts, any kind of crazy idea. And there's a good chance that we'll pick it because we don't have enough engagement to be choosy. So you have a really good chance at getting your content on our channel. So definitely check that out. Oh yeah. And as always, please give us a five-star rating on uh, Spotify as it boosts us. Anyway, that's a, that's a good amount of shameless promo scribe. Do you, do you want to? Yeah. I hope you guys come back next week. We have no idea what we're going to be doing, but it's sure to be great. So come on back next week. And until then, enjoy January. Hope you see Janice and wander well. Don't go yet. We have some stories to tell, but uh, goodbye. We hope you enjoy the selection from the new year. Janice takes fluoxetine. And this would be considered probably one of the first or second chapters. Here we go. The room was dripping in glitz, glamour, and glitter. Chad turned in a slow circle as he made each step through the ballroom, trying not to miss a single detail of his first New Year's Eve celebration. The decorations were made from mist and twilight, with runes of luck and favor strewn across the room. The finest meats and cheeses glowed with longevity on their plates of pure gold and silver. All around him, past years danced and swayed and chatted and laughed, clinking sparkling glasses of champagne and wearing glowing beads infused with stardust and wishes. Yet, as he walked further through the ballroom, the volume seemed to lower. Years were beginning to notice his presence. Whispers reached his ear, and each one puffed his chest out just a little bit further. Is that him? The new year? Where's Angel? They should meet before it starts. At the mention of his soon-to-be predecessor, Chad's eyes brightened. 
Excuse me, he peeped. Where might I find 1904? Uh, Angel should be back there, getting ready. An arm tattooed with a shower of arrows headed towards a lone tower pointed the way. As Chad turned to follow it, he wondered what fascinating feat had left such a beautiful impression on that year's arm after the mantle had passed. Chad pushed through the buzzing crowd until he reached the velvet curtain on the far side of the room. He moved it to the side, his eyes adjusting to the dim lights backstage. Hello? Is anyone there? I've still got time. Stop bothering me, a cratchety voice responded. Chad could hear rustling and grumbling, so he paused for a moment before continuing. Are you Angel? What? As Chad stepped further into the dim backstage, he saw a short year struggling with a tie in front of a bedazzled mirror. Speak up, will ya? My ears aren't what they used to be, you know. It's been a long year. Chad grinned. You are Angel. You're the mantle of 1904. And not for long, thank the stars. Angel turned to meet Chad's bright eyes, and his own narrowed. You must be the next year. I envy you, young one, so full of hope and life. Don't worry, it fades fast. Startled, Chad stood silently for a moment as Angel tossed his unfinished tie over the mirror and headed back into the party on the other side of the curtain. Chad scrambled to follow. I certainly hope not. I've got aspirations, you know. I'm going to be one of the months once I finish. I'll blow Father Time's expectations out of the water. No, I asked for champagne. Angel snapped at, the, at a server, who scurried off to find the correct beverage for the sullen old year. Angel turned to face Chad with a sigh. Oh, sure, sure. I'm sure it'll all turn out great, he said sarcastically. You keep your month, and I'll keep my mortality, and we'll never have to see each other ever again. Chad gaped. You're choosing to become a mortal? After all of this? He went to motion to the tattoos adorning Angel's body, but noticed that his clothes covered the majority of the markings. Only a few black lines could be visible at the wrists and collarbone. All this was the worst experience of my life, kid. I'd be begging Father Time for mortality if it wasn't promised to me by the end of the night. Angel managed a half-smile as the server returned with a champagne glass, before downing the drink in just a few gulps. He coughed before wiping his mouth with his tucked sleeve and looking back at Chad. You keep your year of grandeur, kid. I'm certainly done with mine. I hope I'm nothing like you at the end of my year, Chad muttered as the clock chimed twice, warning the room of the upcoming spectacle. I hope so too, kid. I hope so too, Angel agreed bitterly. And together, they started towards the stage. The countdown was beginning. The mantle was about to be passed. That's so much fun. I want to live in this world. Me too. All right, so this is towards the end. Who knows what chapter number it would be. <clears throat> Chad, no, Angel said, but the young man was already moving. Who are you? He demanded, his voice cracking with fury. Who am I? whispered a voice, raspy, unused, tired. Who do you expect me to be? The figure turned, his downturned face hidden behind the brim of a wide fedora and an upturned co coat collar. Don't you recognize me? If I did, Chad said, I wouldn't have to ask you. Angel grabbed the shoulder in front of him, pulling the young man back. Sir, he said, we're here for Janice. If you're looking for money, we're willing to pay. If you're looking for something more, 
Well, we have all of time behind us. Janice, the shadowed man breathed out. Janice, a name of mirth and merriment, joy. Celebration he is known for, yes. For beginnings, Angel agreed. For fresh starts and anticipation, for hope and rebirth. And often these are the cause of celebration, yes. And is this all that this Janice, all he is known for? Angel considered, but it was Chad and his loud mouth that answered. He oversees the transition from the old to the new, the interim, the training, and tutelage. But you have to know all this if you kidnapped him. The man paused, and though they could not see his eyes, they knew they were being watched. Kidnapped? He did not kidnap your Janice. He came quite willingly. If he came willingly, then where is he now? Chad demanded. We only wish to bring him back to our family, Angel said. We only wish him to return. Why? the man asked, taking a step forward. Why do you want this Janice so badly? So I can become a year, Chad said. So I can take the mantle I was designed to. So I can at last lay down the year, Angel said, softer. So I no longer need to carry it. There was a clang of metal as the man threw something at their feet. It rattled to a stop. Take this, then. It is all that remains of your Janice. Angel stooped to pick it up. It was a golden mask, carved into a pleasant smile. A crack ran down the face, marring the otherwise perfect image. Chad looked up in anger. You've killed him? He shouted. No, the man said. But you've come for your merry Janice, and so I have given him to you. Angel looked at the mask again, feeling the sorrow well up. Janice had been his first friend, the one who had shown him what it meant to carry the hope of the year. And now, Janice was gone. I'll kill you for this, Chad whispered. You won't, the man said. He reached up. Willie, Angelus Tertius. At his name, Angel looked up, catching the glint of metal under the wide brim. Janice, he murmured. The collars flipped down. A golden mask mourned back at them. You look for Janice, the host of all pleasure and hope, the figure said. But you find Janice, the holder of sorrow and pain. He shook his masked head. Janice, the instigator of beginnings. But you forget that for there to be beginnings, there must be ends. I hold in my hands the duality of both. But for years I have suppressed this, my second half. My nature could not hold it. You ended your beginning, Angel said softly. And perhaps, Janice said, I have found my own start. I love that end, those last two lines. I was geeking. I was like, oh my gosh. But also, the transition from Chad in my section of bright-eyed and a little egotistical to I will literally murder you is just super iconic. It is very, like, idealistic and very, like, I'm going to be the best person ever. I'm going to take revenge. Like, it, it comes from the same place, I think. Oh, absolutely. It definitely matches the character that we met. It's just, <laughs> there's something that happened. Something about the Maybe he needs some philosophy too.